Casting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. You're In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We are live at the Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. It is our go-to Friday night place to be, and it's quite the place to be. Uh, I have to say there's a whole bunch of sports on, uh, I can't even count how many TVs are here, Uh, all kinds of great food and drinks, the Lakers, the Boston Celtics, Coming up, uh, that is just old school basketball. We got college basketball, college football, the whole nine yards. So if you are anywhere near the strip or anywhere near Vegas, everything is close in Las Vegas, come on down to the Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, and join us, Raider Nation Radio, as we get set for the Raiders against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, 105 kickoff. Will the Raiders get back on track? Everybody wants to know uh, the answer to that question, and I'm right there with you. I don't know, but we're going to find out here pretty soon. By the way, um, there's like been this uh, wildfire uh, that has been created, and sometimes, you know, i got to give us in the media a little bit of credit or blame if you want to go that direction. Uh, on starting things like this. And the latest narrative, the latest, not controversy, but, hmm, what's going on with the Raiders is, is Darren Waller getting enough targets? Is Darren Waller being utilized enough? Um, Because on the surface of things, it looks like he isn't. And you look at where he is after eight games and what he did last year through 16 games, He's off. He's not on the same pace, not in terms of catches, not in terms of touchdowns, not in terms of yards produced. And what else are we talking about here? That's why we judge a player on production. Uh, But before we get to my thoughts on the situation, I'd love to hear from you guys as well. Let's hear from Darren Waller. This is Darren Waller yesterday at the Raiders practice facility in Henderson talking about kind of how he's being used so far this year. I mean, it is a little it is a little different, you know, because over the past couple of years, you know, I am used to a lot more volume. But, you know, I guess there's a lot more things in play this year. Uh, there's a lot more guys that can do stuff with the Rock. Uh, there's a lot of different ways and situations where there's a lot of bodies around me. And uh, there aren't as many opportunities where it frees up where, you know, I am getting a good look, I guess. So, And sometimes when those happens, you know, Derek may get pressured. Things may happen. So uh, I don't think... Me uh, getting more targets is, is the answer to everything, um, and nor do I think that that does something special for our offense. Uh, I do feel like when I get my hands on the ball, it's a it's a great thing, and I do want to be able to make plays for this team. But um. so that was Darren Waller yesterday talking about kind of how he feels it's going for him and what he's kind of seeing and how different it might feel this year compared to last. Uh, And I would love to get your thoughts on this as well. I'm going to share my thoughts uh, on the whole subject. Uh, Give us a call, 702-365-9200. We'd love to hear uh, what you have to say. Now, I talked about on the surface of things, right? 
on the surface, it looks like Darren Waller, huh, something's up with Darren Waller. Um, through eight games this year, 44 catches, 494 yards, two touchdowns. That's through eight games, remember. Uh, he missed the Philadelphia Eagles game, so um, he plays. he's played eight games. All right, so we know what he's done thus far. Now let's look at what he did last year through a full 16-game schedule. Uh, Darren Waller played all 16 games last year. 107 catches. That's in 16 games. 1,196 yards, nine touchdowns. Now, if you do the math, he's at the halfway point this year, and he has 44 catches compared to the 107 he finished with last year. The pace that he's on currently certainly isn't going to get him to 107 catches. If he's on pace for, if he's gotten 44 through eight games, let's just figure that he's going to get 44 through uh, the next eight games. That's 88 catches. That's far less than 107. Or, you know, significantly less than 107. We could do the same thing with the yards. So, oh my gosh, what is going on with Darren Waller? And uh, should the Raiders be worried? Should they be, uh, you know, getting the ball more? Um, all of that. The answer, obviously, is yes. He needs to get the ball more. He needs to get used more. Uh, he needs to produce more. But let me just share something with you why I think it's a little bit premature and we might be reading a little bit too much into this. Probably the same exact darn thing we were doing last year. Okay? Uh, because when you look at how Darren Waller finished the season, I'm going to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right. So the la last year, all right? Last year, over his last seven games of the season, he finished with seven catches for 88 yards, four catches for 23 yards. Now wait on this. The last one, two, three, four, five games, his last five games of last season, 13 catches, 200 yards, seven catches, 75 yards, nine catches, 150 yards, five catches, 112 yards, nine catches, 117 yards. The reality is... He's actually kind of on pace at this point to what he did last year to this point. The reason Darren Waller finished with as many catches as he did, as many yards as he did, and as many touchdowns as he did was because he finished with a bang. Those last five games, 117 catches, or excuse me, nine catches for, that would be uh, astonishing, Nine catches, 117 yards. Five catches, 112 yards. Nine catches, 150 yards. Seven catches, 75 yards. Thirteen catches, 200 yards. So, um, and th that was on the 13-catch night, he had 17 targets. The seven-catch, 10 targets. The nine-catch, 12 targets. Uh, the five for 112, that was on six targets. So he did a lot of work uh, in six targets. And then... The 117 yards on nine catches was in 10 targets. This was last year, the last five games of the year. So, obviously, it's not so much that he's not on the same pace as he was last year. He's actually close to the pace he was on last year. It's just that last year, he finished with 
an unbelievable run. Do the Raiders need him to have a similar run this year in order for them uh, to punch their tickets to the playoffs? Maybe. And is he capable of doing that? Absolutely. Is that going to happen? It didn't look like, except for the, the, the night where he had the 17 targets, it seems like he's right around kind of what, uh, you know, the targets that he's getting so far this year, uh, maybe one or two more uh, per game. I would expect if it gets down to kind of must-win situations, they're going to go to their best player uh, and try to get to their best player as much as possible to try to put the ball in his hands for him to do damage. Um, but, you know, I don't think that it's accurate right now for anybody to say, well, he's being used differently right now compared to the way he was last year. The fact is he's actually being used quite the same up till this point. Now the question is, can they get him on track to do the type of things that he did uh, last year over those last five games? And by the way, if you look at the wins and losses of those games, the 13 catches for 200 yards, they barely beat the Jets. Remember, they needed the Henry Ruggs miraculous touchdown on basically the last play of the game. Seven catches for 75 yards in a loss. Nine catches for 150 yards in a loss to the uh, Chargers. Five catches for 112 yards in a loss to the Miami Dolphins. So uh, more yardage, more catches for Darren Waller doesn't necessarily translate into success for the team either. You have to keep that in mind. Now, when he had the nine catches for 117 yards against the Broncos, that was a win, albeit a very close win. They needed a two-point conversion at the uh, buzzer, basically, to beat the Denver Broncos 32-31. I contend that while it's important that Darren Waller, you know, gets his touches um, and, and, the, and the Raiders figure out ways, you know, to get him maybe not just the catches, the amount of catches, but being able to, uh, you know, allow him more room perhaps to run, to pick up extra yards, to score touchdowns, that type of thing. I think it's more that than the actual targets uh, that he is getting right now. And I also think when you think about the Raiders this year, uh, especially, you know, prior to the bye week, they had other players that were stepping up, you know, and, and Darren Waller mentioned that yesterday. Look, it's different this year, part of which is because there's other players that are getting the rock this year compared to last year. Henry Ruggs was on a nice pace. Brian Edwards, a um, little bit inconsistent, but there's, he's shown you enough to, to feel like, hey, he can be somebody that the Raiders are going to be able to rely on and lean on uh, and count on uh, this year and, and, and moving forward. Hunter Renfro has been getting his touches. You know, Foster Moreau, I think he, he, he should be getting uh, more looks. I'm not quite sure what the deal is with that. You got Kenyon Drake coming out of the backfield uh, from time to time. Uh, so it, was, it, was, it wasn't just a product of, well, he's getting defended better, uh, which he probably is. I'm sure he is. Um, or, you know, Darren, uh, Derek Carr is not, uh, you know, getting him the rock uh, enough. Uh, I think that the ball was going elsewhere. Somebody brought up, I was on, uh, uh, in Cincinnati today, um, and it was the, uh, on the Bengals uh, radio network, and they brought up how 12 different players, 12 different targets this year for the Raiders – uh, have caught a pass of 20 or more yards. That's pretty darn good, you know, w when you think about it. So the ball's getting spread around uh, quite a bit this year, and a lot of guys are getting are getting touches. And let's not forget also 
that the Raiders are the second best team throwing the ball. So there's a little bit of, hey, should Darren Waller get the ball more and all that, which I agree with. Um, he probably should. But I don't think it's been so egregious how many times he has been getting the ball. I think more than anything, and I've been saying this for you know the last couple of weeks, the Raiders have to run the ball better. The Raiders have to be penalized less. Uh, you can't have the kind of um, miscues that the Raiders have gotten, um, especially from their offensive line on too many illegal procedure calls in killer critical moments. The fourth and one last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders had every intention of picking up that yard with Marcus Mariota on the field, getting a first down, and maybe going uh, and, and cashing in with the touchdown to take a 7 to nothing lead, which, as I've said a million times this week, would have forced the Chiefs to be the team that played catch-up rather than what it turned out to be, which was the Raiders playing back or, uh, catch-up throughout the rest of that night. And then down 10-7, they're, they're driving again. They've got a third and three, which has been, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of where you want to be uh, in, the, in the down and distance world. Get to a third and manageable. Uh, increase your odds and percentages of converting and keeping the chains moving and, and moving all along. What happens? That's when Brandon Parker with the illegal procedure, backs it up five yards. Now it's a, a third and eight. And in both instances, on Brandon Parker's penalty and Alex Leatherwood's penalty, instead of converting the fourth down or converting a short third down, they've got a punt on fourth down and give the ball back to the Chiefs. Uh, they don't get the eight yards they need on, uh, on, on third down, have to punt it back uh, to the Chiefs again. And those are the little things in the course of a game, especially against a great team, uh, like the Kansas City Chiefs, that are going to bite you and they're going to affect uh, outcomes and they're going to just be damaging. You can't have that. So from my perspective, yes. Would you like to see uh, Darren Waller go off uh, like he did in some of those games that, that he did last year? Sure. Um, but as we've shown also, it doesn't mean they're winning those games. He's gotten a lot of yards. He's gotten, you know, big, big, big yardage uh, in games. There's no doubt he's capable of doing it. But they also lost a lot of those games. Now, I will say this. I do think the Raiders' defense uh, is, is, is much better than it was last year. So if we're looking at it from that perspective, let's look at the kind of points that the Raiders scored in those games where he went off. They had 31 points against the Jets. Uh, they had uh, 27 points against the Colts. They scored thir uh, 27 points against uh, the, the uh, Chargers. They scored 26, 25 points against the Miami Dolphins and 32 points uh, against the uh, Denver Broncos. So scoring-wise, they were good. Uh, the problem is they gave up 28, 44, 30, 26, and 31. That's not good. So um, it's, it's kind of a combination of things, I think. Uh, it's easy to sit here and say, well, you know, the, 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 the Raiders' offense was sluggish last week uh, and, and, you know, at times against the New York Giants – the easy answer would be to get uh, Darren Waller the ball more. I think the easy answer or the better answer is that they just need to play cleaner football, more poised football, smarter football. You know, they, they, they moved up and down the field uh, against the New York Giants. Uh, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot, uh, obviously, against, um, in, the, in that game. 
Yeah, especially in the red zone where there were one of six uh, in the red zone. Can't have that. Got to score touchdowns uh, in that area. Uh, and then conversely, last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, another interception, the fumble by Deshaun Jackson, the penalties. You just, you just can't have it. Not in those kind of games. Now, having said all that, here come the Cincinnati Bengals. And I actually do think that there's an opportunity in this game uh, for Darren Waller to, to maybe, you know, uh, get some bigger numbers. But I also think, especially talking uh, today out uh, at uh, the practice facility in Henderson, you know, um, Deshaun Jackson. And, you know, I made it a point to ask uh, interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, all right, so, you know, where do you feel like that is all headed? And uh, ironically, uh, he, he's, you know, Rich Bisaccia, the interim co- head coach, says, you know, it's funny you should ask that, basically. Look, I was just walking in here, and who was I talking to as I was walking down the hall? It was Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and what was Deshaun Jackson telling Rich Bisaccia? Hey, coach, I'm more comfortable. I'm ready. I'm more comfortable. Um, so, and as Bisaccia said, kind of took that as a good sign. Why? Well, two weeks into his Raider career, Deshaun Jackson is letting the coach know, you can count on me. I got this. I got a better command. I got a better feel for everything that we're doing here. Um, don't be afraid to look my way. And, you know, uh, Rich Bisaccia and his staff are putting the final touches on the game plan. Uh, not a bad idea for Deshaun Jackson to plant a little seed of, you know, Deshaun expressed, you know, that he's pretty comfortable with where, where he is right now. Uh, maybe we ought to get him on the field a, a little bit more. And uh, I think above and beyond what, you're, what, what everyone's talking these last couple of days about Darren Waller, I think getting Deshaun Jackson on the field, uh, getting the run game uh, improved, um, and maybe some of that kind of goes hand in hand, is, is, is far more important to me as it relates to the Raiders and increasing their chances of winning and um, helping their offense uh, get back on track. I think it's I think it's far more important for that offensive line uh, to deliver a better performance this week, for the run game to get unchecked a little bit more, and for Deshaun Jackson to be a bigger part uh, of of what they're doing. And Derek Carr, when we talked about him, uh, talked to him this week, you know, described a play where um, uh, Sorensen, the Kansas City Chiefs safety, uh, noticed that Deshaun Jackson had gotten past his primary uh, defender and was streaking down the field and Sorensen had to make a beeline over there to cut him off to make sure he wasn't running free free um, and and Derek Carr was like you know you love that because that's what Deshaun does he he demands that that top cover that backline uh, coverage guy is going to have to deal with him or else and so they didn't throw him the ball in that situation Derek Carr didn't throw uh, Deshaun Jackson the ball, but it certainly opened up something for somebody else, and, and that's what Derek Carr said. It was like, great, sweet, take that guy with you, because that means somebody else is going to be open. Somebody else is going to be drawing uh, a single coverage look, and that's where the ball you know, uh, will, will end up. So um, to me, getting him on the field, he played nine plays on Sunday uh, out of a possible 54 offensive snaps that the Raiders took. Uh, I would think that that should increase to 25 maybe? I mean, if he's feeling comfortable with where he is uh, as far as a command of the offense, get him on the field for, you know, uh, another 12, 13 plays compared to what he did last week. Uh, It's only going to help the Raiders. And, you know, this is no disrespect to Zay Jones. Uh, I know that he has a lot of respect uh, in that building.
And, you know, Derek Carr has been a champion for Zay Jones, uh, just Zay Jones, the player. They're very close. They work out at the park during the offseason. Zay Jones uh, is a friend that comes over to the house quite often. Um, and I get that, and I understand that, and there's a lot to like about Zay Jones. But I also feel like Zay Jones has gotten plenty of opportunities in his career. I'm just not so sure that that's the guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that he's better in the role of a reserve player. And I'm curious, based on where Jackson is uh, in, in, in terms of his command, if, he's gonna, if that's going to start swapping out a little bit. Uh, if, if Jackson starts taking the majority of the snaps uh, and Zay Jones goes back uh, to his role. You're in the huddle of Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. On a Friday, we're live at the Treasure Island Hotel, uh, the Golden Circle Sportsbook here at the TI. It's going off right now. we got a little pit basketball uh, against Towson State. So still a little non-conference, but you know what? Upsets can happen. So come on down, have some fun, have some great food, some great drinks, and watch all kinds of sports. See you here. What's up, Raider Nation? It's a Friday. We're at the Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook. Uh, the vibe is nice. I like it. Friday night in Las Vegas. Come on. Game weekend. Raiders uh, welcoming in the Cincinnati Bengals. Uday uh, to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Tomorrow, we're going to be at the Rockstar Bar and Grill. It's going to be fun. Uh, another great night. A great event. I want to say thanks to everybody that's joined us out there and continues to join us and will join us. It really has become already uh, a tradition here in Las Vegas for Raider fans uh, to get together and meet uh, myself, Q Myers, Damon. Um, looks like Cassie Soto from uh, Vegas Nations is going to be out there. Adam Hill's been out there from Vegas Nations. So uh, it's been a great time just being able to get to know everybody. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a small world, uh, especially with social media. Uh, but it's even better when we can all meet each other and talk and uh, hang out and have a good time. By the way, Damon, um, our good friend Ashley Nicole Moss, uh, who joined us uh, earlier this year uh, to talk about everything that she does and her thoughts on the NFL season. She just had a, you know, I'm sitting here uh, during commercial breaks scrolling through Twitter, um, and a, a tweet of hers uh, caught my eye, uh, Damon, and it was, why is Scotty Pippen so hurt, dot, 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 about everything? And I was like, oh, boy, you know, what did Scotty Pippen say now? Because obviously he's been on the rant about Michael Jordan, which – Whatever. Okay. Uh, that's um, kind of curious enough. But I'm trying to figure out, okay, what did he say now? And uh, scrolled through a little uh, more of, uh, of Ashley's tweets and come to find out. And I don't know if you saw this, uh, Damon, but, uh, but he had something to say about the great Tom Brady. Um, Damon, are you there? Yes, I am. And, yeah, Vinny, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, when we, there are certain things and certain people who – you know, uh, sometimes thoughts should just stay in their head. Like, because... No, these thoughts have been staying in his head for too long. He's got to get them out. Apparently. And that's not a good thing for him. Forget everybody else having to listen to the nonsense. But for He's him... He's already made his money. Because it makes him look really, really like, are you serious, brother? So... Uh, I, believe, I think he believes all of this 100%. I don't think this is someone he's doing this for a publicity group. No, I don't think so either. That's even worse. <laughs> That's even worse, Devon Cotton. No, I would give him credit if he was trolling right now. But I don't think he even understands that concept. I think he's just, um, I don't know. I, I don't even want to, I don't know, you know. But here's what he said about 
Tom Brady as far as, you know, the, the, the talk of him being the GOAT of football. Not of sports either. Not even of sports, just of football. Is he playing on every side of the football is what the great Scotty Pippen is pondering to the world right now. Is he playing on every side of the football? Is he on kickoff? Is he on the punt return? Because if he ain't playing all the roles, then you got to give the credit to his team. What kind of nonsense is this, DeMond? Please explain it to me. And as Ashley said, is he angry these days about everything? Is there anything that he's not going to try to put a spin on that makes him look even dumber than he's looked these last couple of weeks? And why isn't he just enjoying his life at this point? He's Scottie Pippen. It's hard to enjoy life when you got people telling you that MJ could have done it without you. And you know what? Into his point about Tom Brady, that brings me back to, you know who was more important in those, those first three Super Bowls, more important than Brady? Well, probably Bill Belichick. Troy Brown, that's who. Troy Brown, he did play both sides of the ball. He Devon Cotton, obviously, uh, going You're to right, Scotty. the College of Scotty Pippen, <laughs> a proud graduate. Where are we going to get Troy? This man played. This man played slot corner receiver. I respect you because oh, you're man. the king of the trolls, and you're 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 winking uh, the, all, your way through it. But this is the thing. Like, let's be honest for one second. Just serious for one second. What's the end game here with Scotty? What does he actually think that? He's accomplishing, and why would he even bring up the notion of a quarterback playing on special teams? I mean, nobody plays all sides of football, and so I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand where he's coming from, and as Ashley said, is this dude just mad at everything nowadays? He's, you know what, I do what think— do you, Honestly, what do you think it is? I think that he's he's mad at people. Not yet, yeah, I say mad at people. The last dance really stirred something up inside of him. I think it's been like a year long because at first he was promoting the whiskey. Now he's promoting the book. I think it's been a year long of hey, I'm Scottie Pippen, and gosh darn it, I'm I'm like a in my mind, I'm a top twenty player of all time. Nobody's. I I, I think he's probably. I don't know about top 20 because there's no, so I many. No, I said in his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's I one know. of those but things I'm, where he doesn't want it people. It spurred me thinking to, to think of that. But, okay, where is the lie in um, – what, what was the egregious lie in his eyes? Um, so, I'll give you one of the quotes from the interview. Um, him and Tyler R. Tynes, you know, he's been giving a lot to GQ. And Tyler R. Tynes, yeah. the GQ. he's been getting a lot out of him, so good on him. Where he's <laughs> yeah. just like people talking about, oh, you know, the flu game. He's like, hey man, it's harder to play with a herniated disc. It's harder to play with a herniated disc in your back than it is to play with the flu. Nobody ever calls it the Scotty Bad Back Game. <laughs> this man wants his credit. <laughs> well, he's all like, I do. He's like, because you know, the last dance they made a big deal. Was it Jordan ate a poison pizza? Oh, what was it? And Scotty's like, man, I had the migraines. I had the back. Nobody celebrating me. I mean, that's just how life works sometimes. Now, but sometimes you got to let people know, you know, because sometimes yeah, but he's, but he's, you say that's how life works. And like some people just like, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to I did have a pretty good career. I do a have a pretty good life career. It's, no, but some people need to let people people need to be talking about me like this. <laughs> I, that, that's but, what it is. But but people need to be celebrating Scotty Pippen. I know, but he's wrong, though. I mean, I, we, we, how much more do we have to? How much more do we need to be celebrating Scottie Pippen? What did he do? I don't after? know, Vinny. Imagine you going into the job every day. You like, man, I wrote a pretty good story. It's like, yeah, Vinny, that was a pretty good job. I'm just going to use him because I know you work with him. But it's just like, I know you. I know this is not real. But like, yeah, Vinny, you good. But you ain't Ed. You ain't Ed, Vinny, and every day. Hey, and then you know. it's just like you just like, all right, man, okay, yeah, good. But you know, I'm good too. I'm good too, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Vinny, you all are. All these years later, though. <laughs> 
all these years later. But you didn't have this on. pent up frustration, and then Ed gets a ten part documentary, and then <laughs> like, and then the episode about you was just like, yeah, Vinny was okay, but man, sometimes Vinny, well, I, Vinny I, you know, I, I Vinny could have did more. Vinny could have did more help out. <laughs> true, you'd be like, what? Yes, true, and I, I you know, it, putting putting it into that context, Vinny was selfish. What? <laughs> right. Well, let's face it. And, um, you know, he did commit the cardinal sin of all cardinal sins. And then it blew up in his face. When he, and I was watching that game live. I don't even know if you were born yet, Devon. So, um, but I was watching that game live when Phil Jackson said, all right, last second uh, situation, um, we're, we're running a play for Tony Kukoc. And Scotty Pippen was like, what? And says, I'm not going in the game. You, what, what do you mean you're not going into the game? I'm not going into the game. What do you mean you're not? I'm not going into the game. All right? You're not going into the game. Pass to Tony Kukoc, game winner. Uh, Bulls win. And that's – I'm not going to say that that's my lasting memory of Scotty Pippen because it isn't, but it's part of the resume. It's part of what I think about when I think about him and his career. And that was his own doing. He had a choice right there to um, you know, be a team player, or just be selfish. And, that, and in that instance, he was selfish. And, you know, I do think people forget that they got to the, I want to say it was, they pushed the Knicks, who ended up going to the uh, NBA Finals, to a Game 7, I think it was, um, without Michael Jordan. So it was still, and I tell people this all the time, the team that Michael Jordan was on was a very good team. I also say this, much to the chagrin of Michael Jordan fans, it took him seven years to win an NBA championship. Not only did it take him seven years to win an NBA championship, it took Larry Bird moving out of his prime, Magic Johnson moving out of his prime, the, the, the Detroit Pistons moving out of their prime, Isaiah Thomas, all those guys. It, he had to wait his turn. And what's interesting to me about that, Magic Johnson never had to wait, wait his turn. He won his first year in the NBA an NBA championship. Larry Bird didn't have to waste, didn't have to bide his time. He won the second year. And then Magic won the year after that. And then Bird, I think, won the year after that. Or it might have been uh, Dr. J. Uh, and then Bird again. So, you know, um, I, I respect the heck out of Michael Jordan. I think there is a little bit of revisionist history because nobody ever brings up the first seven years of his career anymore, even though at the time there were serious questions. Is this dude going to be able to play championship caliber basketball? Or is he always going to be just a guy that scores a lot of points and loses in, in, in big games or, or falls short of the main goal? Um, so that part was never really – I mean, I guess it was brushed on uh, in, the, in the documentary about the Bulls. Uh, but it, it, it sure was very quick move on from that. Let's get to the good stuff, So um, which was kind of interesting. But I, I, I still think that Scottie Pippen just needs to he, – he's doing – He's doing um, harm to himself because I've always respected Scottie Pippen throughout all of this. What does he have to lose, Vinny? Answer me yeah, that. I'm, 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 I'm looking at him a little bit differently. And, and Ashley uh, Nicole Moss on Twitter is going, what's this dude's problem? And everybody's wondering. But you want to know something, Vinny? You weren't talking about him before this. So yeah. what I ask you, what does he have to lose? He has to, he's, he's losing people's respect. That's what he's losing. And if you want to, if you're okay with that as Scottie Pippen, then keep doing what you're doing. But but I don't think that he understands. Scotty is tired of being the butt of everybody's joke. Well, he's making himself even the bigger butt of even more jokes when he starts talking about is Tom Brady on the punt team 
has he been on the punt team? He like, just said that maybe the teams need a little bit more credit. They always got – I mean, I don't remember um, – Anyone never mentioning the fact that those were great Patriot teams and Bill Belichick was fant- a fantastic coach, as we're learning again, uh, as if we needed any reminder. He's doing it again, um, you know, with a young quarterback and, and, and has built a good team. And he's obviously tremendous, uh, along with his assistant coaches, in game planning and Xing and Oing and all that. Um, I'm just, I, I just, like, I felt like Scottie Pippen's place in NBA history was always secure, and it's not, nobody's going to say, no one's going to mistake his uh, bitterness at this stage of his life uh, and knock him as a player as a result of that. He's always going to have his place in NBA history. But I always felt like it was just where he was in the whole scheme of things was just uh, and was correct. Nobody was down, nobody was underestimating him. Nobody was overestimating him. I think he's slotted in. Uh, right where, you know, uh, he, he deserves. And that probably doesn't sit well with him, and it probably was uh, somewhat of a daunting um, life having to be under the sh- – to be as good as he was and be under that big of a shadow because Michael Jordan just overshadowed everything. He was that big. He was the biggest of the – I mean, he's, he's still probably the biggest. So – I get it. It's just that, you know, if you want to – I just don't understand. I I don't think he understands, like, how um, silly he's coming off, how bitter he's coming off. No, Vinny, I don't think you don't understand the embarrassment and the humiliation that this man has felt like he's had to go through and then to have to live it all over again with this documentary. Oh, gosh. Yes, Vinny. Have you heard the jokes about Future and his ex-wife? Come on, man. The man can only take so much. I have not heard. Uh, hook, hook, by the way, a song by Future came on today uh, at Raiders practice, and the players were going nuts. It was during stretching. I had to text my kids at school. I hope my wife's not lear- not listening because she hates when I text my kids over at school. To ask about a future song? Come on, Vinny. No, I was like, I, 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 I was like, I, you know, I, I videotaped it, and uh, I was like, why are they getting so excited about this song? And they're like, Dad, it's Future. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm, that's out of my realm, man. Uh, All right, well. I always look at it like this, too. I don't pretend for this to be my time. Like, I had my time, like my era. My era was Cameo, uh, Prince, you know, uh, uh, I I could go on and on on my era, and I'm happy with it. Like, this is their era, and I don't try to um, be that guy. Like, I'm all, I know everybody, that, that all this music that's going on. I don't. And I, I think, bet if somebody came into the review journal, if they were like, we're going to hire some 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 young whippersnapper fresh out of college, and he was just like, uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he's never done anything so great. You pull out the old articles. You would pull out the resume. You'd be like, look here, buddy. You don't know about me. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, like, I don't pretend to know, like, be on top of everything, all the, the, the recent pop culture. I'm just, I'm just still trying to put you in Scotty's shoes. Oh, well, I, you, you, know, never, you know what? I'm if, somebody, not a, if somebody tweeted at you, right, somebody respectable, I'm not just saying any, any like, a, guy with like 25 followers. This but is if how I was. like, yeah, Vinny, Vinny Bonsignor is <laughs> not so great, you'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I actually, I, 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 don't, I don't live my life like that. I, I'm all for everybody getting there. It's all the money in the world. Uh, make your, you know, if you... If I, I've, I've been in situations where I didn't get hired and a friend did the promotion and I was just as happy for them uh, because I, my theory is there's room for everybody. Just work your ass off, punch your dang ticket every day, uh, do what you got to do, and you're going to be fine. There's enough in this world. There's enough opportunities. There's enough jobs. There's enough money. 
if you're going to have a work ethic and if you're going to have a goal and have an objective, you're going to get where you want to get. And so be happy also for everyone else. Uh, that's how I've lived my life, and it's worked out to this point. So I'm never going to be the bitter guy like that. Like I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy like years from now, Damon, when I see you on TV doing your thing. I'm going to be a man. That's Damon, man. And I knew it. And I knew he was going to have a bright future. I'm so happy for him. And uh, maybe every once in a while I'll say, no, I'm just kidding. Well, Vinny, uh, that's nice. But, you know, some of us are just haters. That's I, why I, I can side you. with hate. That's I why I can, I can side with Scotty. You know, sometimes you just look at somebody. That, you know, and, man, they got a nice car. That should be my car. And, you know? And, and, that's, and, that, and that's, that's completely cool. That's completely cool. And I get it. And I, I actually understand that. And I, I'm, I'm with there. But those haters are always going to be. They're never gonna be the, the 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 they're never gonna be the people that they hate. They're never gonna be because because and Vinny, you, I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that. You boiled down to it at the end of the day. He's yes. never gonna be MJ, and <laughs> exactly. I think that's the that's the real problem. <laughs> right. That's the like it's we just like got to it. See, we he's did. chasing and he's chasing, and he's never gonna get that adulation that he wants because no one is ever gonna be like, you know what, Scotty? After this two year tour. I see what you're saying. You and MJ were on level footing. <laughs> now that you mention it, and we started looking at yeah. it, what were we thinking, Scotty? Of course you're. After the seventh <laughs> interview, you, you, you pulled me around. <laughs> That's hilarious, and it's actually uh, true. Here's my question to you. Here's the key to everything. Not the key to everything, but now you've piqued my interest. How long has he been thinking this? Like, was it back then all along, or is it just kind of coming out now, bubbling over now? I'll say probably 1996. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, Wait no, they got the together. Tony, no. no, that's late. No, that's the, late. The, the Tony Kukoc shots. So was that 94, 95, 93, 94? Yeah, that was, that was because Michael Jordan came back after that. Yeah, so probably that that series that because you know in the they were like oh Scotty could have won MVP that year and it's like okay no he couldn't have he had a good season but he wasn't MVP take it easy guys <laughs> yes um, but you yeah know who, probably like you right know there who, you know who um, walked off that court and I could see it and I'm not going to use the the uh, terminology uh, that we would use in private conversation on who walked off that court the biggest man of all in that in that situation. You know who it was? Phil Jackson? Heck yes. He was like, I mean, he had this look. I still can see him leaving the court of, like, it's, it was almost like kind of a grin, like, you know, like it, like it could have backfired too, you know. It, Kuka could have, could have airballed it, and now he's looking over at Scottie Pippen, and Scottie Pippen's looking at him like, um, what, did I, what, do you, what was I just saying, you know? Like, but instead, Phil Jackson, whose stature at that point, um, it's, it wasn't where it ended up, you know, getting to, but it was on its way. He just walked off that court a genius. Like, yeah, uh-huh, I'm Phil Jackson, and everyone needs to listen to me. And uh, even though he, I love Phil, um, but there were some holes in his game, too. One of these days, I'll, we used to laugh uh, covering Phil Jackson because he would, like, make up words at times. Like, he would, like, to, you know, those those people who say something that sounds really smart, and then we're like, that's not even a word, Phil. Come on, or misuse it. You know, it was, it was kind of funny. He would do that because he was always trying to make himself look really smart. And sometimes he kind of came off as forcing all of that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Friday.
interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Oh, now you got to bring in some future. I like it. The only reason I know that is because Devon whispered it in my ear coming in for the break because I would not know that that was future. I'm not a, just not up to date anymore. You'll get there, Devon, trust me, and you'll relish in it. You'll rub, you'll revel in it. You know, where you just kind of get to a point in your life where that's, that's the kids, you know, my kids. Uh, oh, no, I'm already there, man. TikToks, I don't get it. There you go. See? And it's it's all good. And it's not, it's not like I'll never be the guy that ever says this. So, oh, it was better in my time. It's not better. It's just different. It's their time. And they, you know, like like for my kids, I tell them all, all the time, enjoy it because this is your time. And this is your reference point. You don't know what I was going through in the 80s. I had a lot of fun when I was your age. Trust me. Uh, but it was my fun, and I love those memories. But I'm not going to sit here and say my time was better than your time because I, I'm just not that dude, and I, I'll never be that guy. I look at them, and if they're smiling and having fun and enjoying it, um, the, the music and talking about it and, and getting into it, it makes me feel good because I remember when I was like that and getting into something new and, and growing up and all that. It's, it's really a beautiful uh, thing. Um, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Raider Tone from Modesto is, uh, um, is is calling. By the way, Devon, when I was texting you earlier, that was all about dinner plans for my wife, with me and my wife. So when you're looking at all the uh, um, Kings and Jen, yeah, that's for uh, that's for dinner later on tonight. So my bad, I was texting you. Not that you're not invited if you don't want to come. But anyway, uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Tone from Modesto. Hey, man, good. Vinny, I, I, I like your journalism. I like everything you guys do, man. I mean, we can't – I've always said a hundred times, man, you can't get all this information like this. It's good to see that you guys are doing. Hey, uh, when, you know, I can say the obvious, man, get the ball to uh, Waller. Uh, let's get Jock Jacobs going. Uh, Derek's got to have a good game. Everything I've heard all day. But I want to ask you, when, when everything changed, and to bring up a little bit of what happened, you know, the, the, the horrific story on rugs, did you see – did you see the demeanor or anything change? And also, you know, you're you're in Vegas. The oddsmakers had us at eight. I'm eight. I think plus or minus eight wins this year. I'm mean, we squeaked by the Dolphins. Got a Steelers team that doesn't seem too good. Me watching the Patriots last night while I was watching my boy Steph Curry too. Um, oh, snuck that Patriots, in there. Yeah, I had to squeeze it in there. Um, um, the Patriots defense. I don't know if our defense is on that level. Um, we played good at, in you know the beginning. What? What's changed? Have you, did you see, is the confidence level there? The confidence level is there after the first four games. You start off, get out with a 5-2 win, 5-2 start. Have you, has the demeanor of the guys changed? What's changed that? Are, are they not, is, I hate to say it, a lifelong Raider fan, glory days. The 80s was my time, too. Um, <laughs> um, are we as good as we think we are? I mean, like I said, you're the bookmakers, you know, where you make your money at, they had as a plus, plus or minus eight wins, man. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Um what yeah, changed? I, I hear you. Um, actually, I thought it was like six uh, coming into the season. I thought the win, the uh, it was it was six was the over under on wins, which I, I kind of pushed back on uh, a little bit and still do. If that was, I don't know what the final number was, uh, you know, uh, but I remember it being 
It was seven and a half. Okay, so closer, so right in the middle of what we're talking about, which which I think that they're capable of winning above that. And uh, they've got eight games left to 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 prove them wrong. And I, I think they have a good chance of doing that. In terms of their demeanor, uh, I honestly haven't noticed any kind of dip in their demeanor. I think they've done a pretty good job of being able to separate life from job. Um, and, you know, I brought this up a while ago when all this was going down. We all have to do that. When you really think about it, we all go through tragedies. We all go through life. We all have uh, trouble away from work. But guess what? You got to still show up and go to work, right? And and it's what um, you have to do when, when, when you're putting food on, on your table and have to pay rent. There's no choice but to show up to work no matter what's going on in your personal life uh, and get the job done. And I don't sense that there's been any deviation or a step back from that regard. I do think that the loss of Henry Ruggs, the football player, um, on the field has had a – I'm just going to say it, it's a profound effect. They, he was blossoming into everything the Raiders had hoped he would be when they drafted him. He was having an impact in personal numbers – catching deep balls, scoring touchdowns, doing things with the ball in his hands. He was having an impact in how other players were being defended. Uh, he was having an impact, and when, and, and when that part of the game is, is functioning um, and, and doing well, it opens things up for everybody else, and it helps the run game and, and all of that. And so these last two games, and just I, all I think about is this. The two games prior to the break, the two games prior to what happened, the Raiders played a level of football for two straight weeks that I haven't seen them play in the time that I've covered them. I felt at the time this thing is moving in the right direction. And that was after the whole fiasco uh, and, and, and situation with, with, with John Gruden. So those two games immediately after the John Gruden situation, right before the break, were performances as good as any Raider team has in, in years. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in that. And I feel like there was a cause and effect uh, from the team that they were, the personnel that they had in the two games prior to the break, and, and the team that returned to Henderson to start playing again after the break. And there was one player conspicuously who was no longer there and he played a pretty darn big role uh, in, in what they're doing. Now, that's not to say they can't figure out a different way to do it. It's not to say that getting Deshaun more acclimated and more involved is going to help replicate what was lost. Uh, but they have felt that loss, and there's no doubt about it in my mind. And I think if they can figure that out, if they can start playing cleaner, more efficient football, try to start running the ball a little bit more, uh, I think that there's a good chance that they can still exceed uh, that eight-win total, and uh, maybe even punch their way into the playoffs. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook here at the Treasure Island, right on the Las Vegas Strip. Come on down and join us.